We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. To the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It is Friday, February twenty-third, twenty eighteen. DJ Trainer here, joined as always by Shannon McEwen and Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard! You can find us on Twitter at Trainer DJ, at Roto Shannon, and at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues you know that we'd love to have it. Quick overview of the pod. Top news. Ken is going to break us down, go over some of the games last night. That's right. The NBA is back in action. We're going to go into the heart of the topic, uh, heart of the podcast today, our broad topic, affordable, high upside trade targets or free agents with fantasy trade deadline looming for most leagues out there. Should be a good one coming out of the All-Star break. K-Train's going to give us his crazy old man rant, as he's wont to do. And then we're going to finish up with some Friday DraftKings picks because, you know, DFS is back. Shannon, that was a rough break. The, the Olympics did not <laughs> fulfill my DFS it's addiction. The, it's the worst week of the year. <laughs> you, you were in high spirits yesterday. Uh, you, you were coming out into the, the bigger part of the office, just kind of dancing around, talking about DFS. I, I'm serious. I'm taking like a week off from the internet next year during the <laughs> NBA All-Star break. I can't go. I play DFS hoops 
baseball, football, mm-hmm. and that week without any of the three is the worst of the year. It's rough. So, Ken, why don't you get us into what actually happened last night in the first slate of games we've had in quite some time? Absolutely. First, the Wiz beat the Cavs 110 to 103. Tom Sadoransky, Tom freaking Sadoransky with 17 points, four boards, eight assists, two steals and a block, shoots six of seven from the field. I think that included a three. Whoa. As Marcin Gortat would say, another great quote unquote team win. Beal was our high scorer with 18. Uh, Wall's out another four weeks. Guys, Tom Sadoransky's for real, isn't he? He is. He is. I've, I've got him in my DFS lineups for tonight. I wasn't lucky enough to Me scoop too. him up in any of my leagues, but I'm, I'm now a believer. Uh, it took a little while, uh, but he's... It sure did. Yeah, it, but he's found his groove. Um, you so. know, is it that he needed good players around him? Because that Washington bench has been terrible for a year and a half, but was it when he got floor time, he was with the other bench scrubs, and he shines more when there are better options around him? I don't know, but this is crazy. Yeah, that could that could certainly be part of it. And then, I mean, you've got the fact that it just it just takes some time. So he would have spot starts previously, and they were pretty unimpressive. Um, but I think he just didn't take the initiative. You know, he wasn't feeling comfortable. Uh, he's kind of carved out his role now, and he's obviously playing with a lot more confidence. Um, so yeah, I mean, as until Wall returns, I like I like your boy TS. So one thing, one adverse effect of Wall being out, obviously we have a no-name guy coming in and we're learn, learning his name, uh, Sadoransky. But also, if you look at some of the best players on the team, uh, Bradley Beal, uh, assist total is going up, uh, has gone up since Wall has oh, been out. Yeah. Just over the last Point. few games, nine, seven, six, nine, five, three, eight, six, nine, five, seven assists from Beal. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm, this is a numbers a podcast. Song from the eighties. Hey, fantasy, fantasy, <laughs> fantasy is all about numbers. So uh, occasionally you got to do six, a number seven, five, um, three, oh, nine, Exactly. <laughs> so that that's a great added layer to Beal's value, where he was in like top thirty territory when wall was healthy and he has jumped into top 15 territory since wall has been out because of this new assist layer to yeah i mean over the past 30 days he's at, he's ranked 16th based on averages on yahoo he's averaging 23 points five rebounds 6.7 assists one and a half steals two and a half threes stellar percentages so i mean beal owners are just loving this i am indeed. all right i agree I let's 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 move on to DJ's Thunder. Westbrook with another triple-double last night, plus a game-winner at Sacramento. You know, when I look at this box score, uh, the big four dominate for the Thunder, and once again, really not much uh, offered after that. And you'd think against the Kings, one of your reserve guys could have a productive night, but uh, Raymond Felton proving to be maybe the best bench player for the Thunder. DJ, is there any hope of fantasy value on the Thunder beyond their big four. No, and there hasn't been since the existence of the Thunder, what, seven, eight years ago. It, it was the big three or four, if you will, in Ibaka um, and, and Harden back in the day. And maybe you could scrap together some relevancy from whatever you know shredded shooting guard they were throwing out there at the time. But really, in no other time in in the thunder's existence have they had fantasy relevancy extend beyond their you know three four major players and that that's proven that's still the same today shannon i will say in deep leagues i'm talking very deep leagues so like 14 team leagues with with expanded rosters jeremy grant does hold some value he's his minutes have gone up 
Um, ever since Roberson hit the shelf, ever since he's been injured, Grant's getting more minutes. He can get you some defensive stats. He's never going to have eye popping numbers, uh, but you know, with maybe he averages eight five and a steal and a block per game. There's some value in deeper leagues. All right, and let's move to Orlando. Uh, where Gordon and Vucevic both return for the Magic, but they still lose 120 to 113 at home to the unicornless Knicks. What do you guys see fantasy value-wise in these clearly tanking Magic? I think that's the whole pond, point of today's podcast is looking at teams like the Magic with no incentive to win and, and other teams like the Knicks as well. Uh, what do I make of it? Uh, I mean, I hope they leave Vucevic out there for as long as possible. First game back in a while, only 24 minutes. That's to be expected. The funny thing here is that it was a mad rush to pick up Bismack Biombo. And really, over the over the stretch of Vucevic's absence, Biombo was still playing his same kind of role of 16 he, to he, 24 minutes. He had two or three quality games when Vucevic first got hurt and then just went back to being... By Umbo. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And now yeah. Vucevic is back. How yeah. about how about your boy Hazenga though, Shannon? Fifteen he, last night. Yeah. Even though uh, Gordon returns, still had a good game last night. Played twenty-seven minutes off the bench. Chucked up fifteen shots, which actually led the team in field goal attempts. I'm, I'm, I'm very skeptical that we're going to continue to see this from Hazonia. I love the guy. I think he has great talent. I want my team to sign him this off season, but. Aaron Gordon's back. Vucevic is back. They both they played 24 and 25 minutes last night. Those two are going to be playing 30-plus minutes a game after they get into shape. So those minutes are going to be taken away from guys like Biombo, who played 20 minutes last night off the bench, and Hazonia, who played 27. I, just, I think Hazonia is going to be in that 20 to 25-minute range yeah. most nights, and he's also not going to have the freedom to chuck up 15 shots once you have Vucevic and Gordon being the lead dogs on that team like they were before their injuries. All right, let's move then to L.A., where Lonzo Ball was a full participant in practice yesterday. Still officially questionable for tonight. They're saying it's going to be a shoot-around decision. Guys, who's affected more by Ball's return, IT or Josh Hart? I think it's Josh Hart, clearly. Um I guess they can run out Ball and Isaiah Thomas. That that doesn't sound too fun to me from a X and X's and O standpoint or even a fantasy standpoint because I feel like Isaiah Thomas is just going to try to strong will his way into more possession somehow. Josh Hart is clearly the loser when Lonzo Ball returns, but I do wonder at some point down the stretch if the Lakers, you know, come to their senses and say, "It, you're not getting any playing time whatsoever." We'd much rather have a, a backcourt or a one-two punch of of heart and ball just to see what we have um, in these two young guys so does it make sense for Isaiah Thomas to play no but I think he will get the nod over heart at least the next couple weeks yeah I agree I think Hart's gonna take the biggest hit um, in the short term at least I I just I know Isaiah Thomas and ball don't fit together on the court I don't think that's good I mean maybe it is if they want to lose because their defense can be atrocious (laughs) But I, I just I, I can't see them taking away benching Isaiah Thomas right away. It could certainly happen at some point, but not immediately. KCP's playing well for him, but he's on a one year deal. Do they cut back KCP's minutes a little? 
to get hard sometime? I mean, I'm just thinking building the future versus the tanking. I don't know. Throwing that out there. No, I think that's great, Ken. I, I think you're 100% correct, right? And it's it's funny. You're going to hear us say a lot on the rest of this podcast and the rest of this season, teams want to lose. Yeah, I mean, Mark Cuban just came out and got fined $600,000. 600000 yeah, six, six hondo, which funny enough equates to the average American twenty eight dollars for the average American. Um, if you were curious. also the least of his problems this week. Yeah, that's that's also true, which we're not really going to get into whatsoever on today's pod. Oh yes, uh, we are. Oh yes, we are. But oh, keep going. I take it back. I have not looked at Ken's old man rant. Um, but but to say that you know they actually want to lose, and so running out a backcourt of ball and. Um, and Hart will do that. It'll accomplish more than running out a backcourt of Isaiah Thomas and Contavious Caldwell Poet because remember, the mindset of these teams changes as, as Shannon has mentioned so well. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. All right. Well, DJ, that's it for our headline news items. Can you tell us what's better than fantasy sports? Nothing. Actually, that's not true. The future of fantasy sports. The Fantasy Gold team is bringing you just that. Welcome to DraftDaily.com. It's crypto, it's currency, it's sports. DraftDaily.com is the new standard in the fantasy sports industry. With almost non-existent fees, 100% trackable transactions, and 0% risk of chargebacks, they're taking the industry by storm, making the game we all love both safer and cheaper to play. They've brought fantasy sports and blockchain technology together to create the ultimate user experience and platform, DraftDaily.com. On DraftDaily.com, their users can play without worry and without fees digging into their profits. DraftDaily.com is introducing cryptocurrencies to the masses. What better way to do that than to merge crypto with fantasy sports? On DraftDaily.com, you play with and win cryptocurrency. Secure your place in history. Play on DraftDaily.com today, where players and the game they love are the focus. DraftDaily.com. Gentlemen, let's get into our broad topic of the day. There's still a lot of work to be done in your fantasy leagues. They are not lost. They have not been won. We've got about a quarter to a third of the season left, and there's some work to do here. Uh, Shannon, why don't you set the table for this discussion um, since you know, you're gung-ho about this topic today, as you and all of our listeners should be. Yeah, if you're in an 8 or 10 team league, some of these guys might not apply or they're probably free agents and, and you there there could be a scenario where you want to pick up this player over a name guy like Andrew Wiggins. It just depends. But what we're targeting are affordable high upside trade targets for 10, 12 team expanded roster, 14 team leagues. 
You know, a lot of these guys are under 50% owned on Yahoo, but you can get them on the cheap via trades if they are owned in your leagues. So I'm going to start it off in Sacramento. Bogdanovich and Buddy Heald, two guys who we've recommended on picking up multiple times past couple weeks. I'm saying go target them now. They're owned in every league I play in, um, and that's why we're highlighting them here. I personally, I put out an offer. I'm considering an offer right now of Andrew Wiggins for Bogdanovich straight up. Really? Well, go Ooh. look at the stats. No, over, I'm looking over, at them. Over I'm... the past 30 days, I would, I mean, it's easily argued that Bogdanovich is a better fantasy option. And I would, I'm going to argue that will continue for the rest of the season. Now, it, it comes down to about one category because the scoring is about the same. You can get like 15 points per from each, or at least that's where Wiggins has been at recently. On average, yeah. yeah. 15 points per yeah. game from each. But Bogdanovich, where he holds the edge, is there's more assist, there's more assist upside. And he hits three pointers. He hits over two three pointers yeah. per game. So, and I need he hit those. some crazy threes in that yes. Rising Stars game. They were like half court threes. You're like, he's really going to shoot that. Oh my god, I went in. Yeah, there could be a bit of prisoner of the moment here, and I'm just looking at that that All Star uh, Future Stars game, and I'm like, I need Bogdanovich on all my teams. <laughs> but I honestly, if I'm if I need three pointers, and I can trade Andrew Wiggins for Bogdanovich. There's a very good chance I would do it. I, I'm considering it right now. The, I'm about you don't think the Kings? You don't think the Kings should be developing Gary Temple? No, God no. And that's and that's <laughs> they gave him thing. crazy minutes though. Why are they giving Temple 34 minutes? It, it makes like no he did sense. last night. He's a, Why? He's, he's above average perimeter defender, and coaches love perimeter or you know guys that play defense. Period. Sure, sure. Yeah, he's a nice bench piece, I, but I, 34 minutes on a team going nowhere is insane. Right, and that and that might change over the rest of the season because you know remember teams don't want to outright tank the whole season long even though that's their maybe their main goal. After the All Star break is when the fan base, the league gives them two thumbs up to just go ahead and play your worst lineups, go out there. Garrett Temple could be riding the pine, and we could be seeing Bogdanovich shooting a lot of those deep threes. I think it's incredibly risky Shannon but you know how often do we look at game logs over the course of the season and we see these one two year players just absolutely the you know the back half of their game hog that that final quarter is just laden with points in production because the team is literally saying you're going to play as much as you want do whatever you want. We want to see what you have in you. So I would not be surprised, like like you said, if if Bogdanovich ends up being a legitimately better fantasy option than Andrew Wiggins over the rest of this season. That's wild to say. Now, what about between the two teammates, though? If you guys are targeting Bogdanovich or Heald, you can only pick one. Which one would you rather get in a trade? I think I actually lean into Heald. I think he's just got more of the green. He's had to come off a bench, which is frustrating, but I think he's just got more of the green light to shoot. You know, if Bogdanovich is forced to keep putting up minutes with Randolph uh, and Kali Stein, he's going to be forced to uh, throw it inside. He only got four shots last night. Uh, when Heald is playing with that questionable bench, uh, by the way, Vince Carter, also 29 minutes last night, and he's 110 years old. Um I actually like healed because that second unit is just chaos and he can run and gun as much as he wants. I, I credit to you for picking healed. Ken, I, I think it's a toss up. I honestly don't even have a good answer for you. The one thing I'll say is that Bogdanovich has traditionally played more minutes than healed so far. So that's the edge I'll yep. give. Um, but yep. you have to remember healed is actually younger than Bogdanovich by a year or so. 
Yeah, Bogdanovich is an old man. 25. All right, Ken, who, who would you say? <laughs> who's a target for you, given uh, Shannon's criteria here, that maybe you'd be looking to target in the back end of the season? I'm going north of the border, gentlemen, for a name I'm not sure we've mentioned on the pod this season yet. Can't remember. Fred Van Vliet, backup point guard in Toronto. Over the last 30 days, which is only 11 games because of the break, he ranks 35th uh, average game stats within Yahoo. There, here are those 11 games average stats for him. 12.5 points, 4.5 assists, 1.1 steals, and 2.2 made trays. To me, don't the Raptors need to rest Lowry and DeRozan for the playoffs, right? To give the rookie Van Vliet all the minutes he can grab? Anyway, that's probably more of a free agent pickup than a trade, but he's played solid recently, and I think he's only going to get more minutes. He's he's only he's only owned in sixteen percent of Yahoo leagues. Um, that's going to go up after this next free agency period. I it, it's it's a odd take. I actually don't think that the Raptors are going to rest their starters because I think they're going to be playing for the number one seed, and I think it's going to be a battle mm. the rest of the way. But at the same time. You look at their starters' minutes the past month or so, yeah. and it's they've gone down. And the reason why is because this ha- they have the best bench in the NBA. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, even when you look at the names, you wouldn't think this is the best bench in the NBA, but they've been the most productive. And I don't see that ending because it's been going on for so damn long. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can get behind picking up Van Fleet. Yeah, definitely in well, deeper leagues. I, oh, go ahead, DJ. Sorry. Yeah, definitely in deeper leagues, but he's been – consistent and that's the one thing that you don't usually get from backup point guards is you don't get consistency but we're seeing in his numbers you can bank on 10 points three rebounds five assists and a steal and two threes from him every single game that's really hard to find on the waiver right now waiver wire right now is consistency and so at least you can etch that into your own personal projections for the rest of the season ken well and and what he's got going thank you dj and what he's got going for him too is the Toronto offense is so guard heavy that it's not like when they go to the second unit, they say, oh, let's suddenly bust it inside. You know, like all the plays are still all the shots get taken by the guards. And so you know, even when his minutes are low, he's still getting decent shot attempts, uh, nine shot attempts the last 11 games um, and, uh, you know, shooting 500 from the field those last 11 games. But uh, all right. Sorry. Too much. Maybe a little too much on Van Vliet there. No, let's go. Great. DJ D. Let's go to your next name, DJ. Who do you got on the board? Uh, we've talked about this guy a little bit before with good reason, but this is certainly, I mean, this guy probably is the poster boy for this discussion, Jared Allen, um, somebody who has been guarded so far this season in Brooklyn. Um, but now that you know he's had some more time in the NBA, he's gone out there, had a couple good games, um, low double-double territory for sure. Um, but the nice thing is that he can get you a steal and a block every single time he steps out on the floor. So, Am I expecting him to see 30 minutes per game? Still probably not, even though they have every incentive to do so. But he's the type of player that his per-minute production um, is going to be that where he has standard league relevancy if he's playing 28 minutes per game. Over the past 30 days, ranked 71 on Yahoo based on per-game averages. He, he's shooting 68% from the floor and 86% from the line. On, over over those 30 days on those averages wh- how many minutes per game because only 22 and a half insane. minutes per game that's insane with 12 points seven rebounds just a hair under one block 0.9 blocks per game i still think there's upside with the blocks 
But I mean, his minutes his minutes have basically stuck between twenty and twenty five minutes, even since he got moved to the starting lineup. I think he's only top thirty minutes once so far this season. But I th- I do believe those continue to trend up the rest of the way. So I'm with you. I mean, I I would put him if I'm doing rest of the season projections, I would put him as like ranked somewhere in the 60 to 70 range for the rest of the year. That's incredibly impressive. And yeah, we've been toting him all season long. We've been waiting for it to happen. And again, after the all-star break, teams get the green light to throw out their younger players who aren't necessarily better than the other guys on the roster. Uh, Shannon, you guys made fun of me, but you guys made fun of me, but I think the young Marcin Gortat, you know, when he was in his Magic to Suns days, is a good comp. And obviously, he's got far better hair, Alan. He has hair, period. So, yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Shannon, why don't Put you. A big afro on Marcin, a young Marcin Gratat. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Time will tell. You know, we, we need more game logs uh, on record before that comp can be legitimized. But, you know, I mean, it could certainly. Low double double block steal. Low double double block steal. Actually, his steals are better than Gortat ever did. All right, go to the next name. Next guy I've got is Moutier. Moutier was a, a popular pickup after the trade deadline. Um, he's going to be an even more popular pickup during this next free agency period because he started his first game as a Nick last night. I. I think Moutier, he's another guy. I don't think the Knicks would have plugged him into the starting lineup unless they wanted to give him an extended look there. Mm-hmm. So he only played 23 minutes last night, but that's because you had a a ridiculous performance from Trey Burke, which I do not expect him. There, Those will be sprinkled in. They'll be littered in throughout the right. rest of the year. But Trey Burke's not going to do that on, night, on a night-to-night basis. So out of all the He's going to go two for nine. Trey Burke will go two for nine on his next game. Right. He always yeah. does. Yeah, regress to the mean for sure on Trey Burke. Moutier, out of all the guys we've talked about so far, maybe out of you know the names we mentioned after this too, he's the toughest sell for me. Just because we have a lot of tape on him, we know that when given lots of minutes, he's terribly inefficient. Maybe because his back is against the wall, and he's actually in danger of being you know put out of the league at some point in the next couple of years if he doesn't play well. Maybe that'll be a turning point for him. But I just. I'm not quite so like I'm. I get excited about Heald and Bogdanovich because it's young guys that haven't been given a, given a lot of minutes. But we've seen what Moutier can do, and it kind of hurts you in some you know percentage spots. I, I will give you that he has he's been in, inefficient throughout his career, but he also is a young player, and his inf- efficiencies have gone up throughout throughout the year. I mean, he he was a 67 percent free throw shooter his rookie season. With before the trade to New York, he was at eighty one percent with the with the Denver Nuggets. His shooting percentage still atrocious, but it was up from thirty six percent as a rookie to forty percent with the Nuggets this season. So it has gone up. I mean, he averaged thirteen points and five and a half assists as a rookie in thirty minutes per game, with basically no help on a horrible Denver team. I think there's a lot of upside here. Shannon, does it seem odd the Knicks are willing to torpedo Frankie Smoke's development with all these minutes for Moutier? I don't no, I don't I don't think so. I I think all you have to do you don't have to look back very far. Moutier was a highly thought of prospect and he's still you know how how old is he? 20 21. Moutier is well, Frankie Smokes is 19 and Yeah, Moutier is 21. 21. He turns 21 yeah. in a, in about a week. So, no, it doesn't. I don't think it's weird at all. This this is a guy who the Knicks liked a lot in that draft. They didn't pick him, but they liked him a lot and He's highly thought of prospect. I don't think he that we should give up on him yet. Um, there's Frankie Smokes is, is nice prospect too, but he's raw and he's going to need some time. 
I I love the fact that they're giving Moody a look, and I think he has a chance to be an impact player for fantasy squads. Ken, you're next up. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with um, maybe a name that's obvious, but Bobby Portis is getting huge minutes now, blew up for a career-high 38 points last night, which included draining six threes. <laughs> Crazy weird game where they blew it at the very end um, against the uh, Sixers. Uh, already people saying that they intentionally tanked that game. They're up five with a minute left, found a way to lose, you know, p- pulled uh, losses from the clutches of uh, victory there. Um, but uh, Portis, boy, especially if they're going to let him dra- uh, attempt threes like this with the rebounds uh, and the block potential, seems like a dream for the second half. So one, one thing, I targeted um, Portis in my DFS lineups last night because he has been a monster Ooh, nice. against Philadelphia all season. Hmm. Um, the previous two games against them, he was averaging over 30 fantasy points in like 20 minutes per game. Um, he, he's just been insane. He's averaging 24 points and 10 rebounds in 27 minutes per game, three contests against Philadelphia. So he's done it. He's done it against that team for whatever reason. By far, Weird. the best performance. Like, I mean, it doesn't. Every other team, he's averaging 11, 12 points against, and against Philly, he just destroys them each time he plays them. So, funny thing here is that 24 hours ago, Bobby Portis on ESPN was 32% owned, and as of right now, he's 37% owned, so a 5% increase right there. It usually takes, with these young guys that people really haven't heard of, your average NBA fan, your average NBA fantasy player who gets roped into playing a league for the first time, it takes a massive performance before they get on people's radar. Um, where he has been deserving of a roster spot in standard leagues, especially at the end of the bench. Um, but it takes a big, big performance like this for his uh, ownership to truly spike up. And uh, if you didn't nab him right away, he's going to cost a whole lot more than he would have last week. Well, he he's 49% owned in Yahoo, so there's a chance yep. he would still be on your leagues there as well. Um, for the season, based, based on averages, he ranks as a 136th overall, um, and that's in only 21 minutes per game. Over the past 30 days, that only proves he's been a top, he's ranked 88th in Yahoo with averages of 16.5 points, eight rebounds, one steal, one and a half threes. So the three, I mean, the threes are somewhat legit, uh, and that's that's all in only 25 minutes per. The Bulls are going through their youth movement right now. They're benching, like Robin Lopez is essentially out of the rotation for the rest of the season, I believe. Um, Justin Holiday is going to be getting very few minutes, if any. Right. So this team is going to give Portis more minutes. So I, I do. I mean, his per minute production was already off the charts. So now that he's pretty much locked into twenty five to thirty minutes per game, I mean, I have him as a top eighty, top top ninety or so fantasy player for the rest of the season. All right, guys. With my pick, I want to dive into a team as a whole, and then I'll let uh, Shannon and Ken kind of decide which which player specifically to target. Uh, the Knicks. I talked about at the top of the pod. They are certainly in this category where they lost their best player. There's there's a uh, um, usage rate a plenty available right now on this Knicks team. They have every incentive to lose. So with that in mind, I think some of the candidates are Michael Beasley, of course, Ennis Cantor, uh, Kylo Quinn, Luke Cornett, who was added on a 10-day contract. I'm not as high on him as I was a couple weeks ago. They haven't played him <laughs> as much as I thought they would. Uh, but Shannon, let's start with you. And you know, given the criteria that you set, who, who's the player with the Knicks that you're going to go out there and target? Because there's just so much usage uh, opportunity here on that team. Yeah, I mean, Cantor should be owned in every competitive fantasy league, um, even eight or ten team leagues. 
He's only he's only been owned or owned in seventy seven percent of leagues on Yahoo, which I just find amazing. Uh, on Yahoo, based on averages, he's been a top thirty five fantasy player over the past month. So if he's available, pick him up. If you can trade for him, I mean, you name me a top one hundred. Anyone ranked from like fifty to one hundred, a big man. I would trade that person for Cantor easily. I think Cantor is a top 40 fantasy player the rest of the year. The other guy is Beasley. Beasley's less, he, he's lesser owned than, than Cantor. He's only 58% owned on Yahoo. Another guy who I think should be owned in pretty much every format. He's a top 75 fantasy player since uh, Porzingis went down, averaging 15 and 8. Uh, he's not going to do much else. You know, he's he's actually getting some blocks right now, which is encouraging. Um, but yeah, the blocks are the blocks are surprising. Yeah, they certainly are. So I that's that's the other guy. Um, I think both those guys should be owned. I I put Beasley in the seventy to eighty range for the rest of the season as well. So if you've got a guy who, uh, you know, guys like Gortat, Brooke Lopez that just haven't lived yeah. up to their billing, like sure. those are players you can drop for mm-hmm. for these guys. You know, if you're if you're in eight or ten team leagues and you're leaning on those name players who just haven't performed. Mm-hmm. Drop him, cut bait, and go pick and, up a better performing option. And Quinn to me is valid in very deep leagues because he's just going to get minutes, especially if you need blocks. He always, just like last night, he has these three block spurts. Maybe it was a revenge game for him, DJ, against the Magic last night. But uh, the minutes are there with the unicorn out. And uh, if you need big man stats, O'Quinn's probably available on your waiver wire. Is he sexy? No, as a fantasy option, that no. is. Uh, but he's a slow burn. He's a slow burn that over the course of the season, he is valuable in deeper leagues because he's going to contribute steals, blocks, and a high field goal percentage. Yeah, he's he's purely a block option for me. I mean, he's he's only aver- he's still averaging only 16 minutes per game since Porzingis went out. He, his uptick in minutes hasn't been great, but he's close to two blocks per game over that stretch. So for me, if you if you picked up a guy like Biombo for blocks when Vooch went down. You can drop Biombo now, and O'Quinn's the type of player that you can pick up who will give you the exact same production with more upside than what Biombo has given you. We've got a few names left here on our list. Ken, why don't you give us one of these three to round out the discussion? Yeah, I added Reggie Bullock to the list here because I think he's beating out Stanley Johnson. You know, this is really more Shannon's call to make, but I think uh, the steady production and better shooting percentages from Bullock are the way to go, and he's gonna—he's still eating 32 plus minutes per game uh, in that starting lineup for Detroit. Certainly, if you need threes, I think he's at 2.2.9 made threes over the last uh, per game over the last 11 games, and he's shooting 50 percent over that same time. So the crazy combination of strong percentages yet hitting a lot of threes is an awfully tempting uh, scenario. Uh, how is Bullock in you in, uh, I'm pretty sure he's on my teams in Yahoo, 30%. but I'm trying to check out his own 30%. Yeah, that's own, crazy. You know, over 33 minutes per game over the past month. I'm, I'm with you. He's a better option than Stanley Johnson, better overall op- option. Um, his three point shooting has been elite. I mean, approaching three per game over the past month. So, I mean, the, the only argument I can make for Stanley Johnson is if you need like rebounds and steals more and blocks, 
then Stanley Stanley can give you some more value than Bullock in those areas. But overall, Bullock's by far the better option who I would recommend. Legitimately a 50% shooter this year. It's not like he had a great 10-game stretch mm-hmm. or anything like that. You can pretty much take any 10 games over the course of this season, and he's been averaging 50%. That's just who he is as a player right now. I have him at 15% owned on ESPN. Another slow burn guy where he's never gone out there and scored 35 points and led Sports Center one night. It's just, you know, the fantasy stats have added up for him. Percentages have been golden, and he really has had a lot of value, even in standard leagues, if you ask me, because of the three-point field goal percentage from a shooting guard eligible player. Um, Shannon, yeah, finish it out here. I mean, then- I mean he's, been, he's been a better version of Alan Crabb. Yes, exactly. So. That that's great. Yeah. Okay, so the other two guys, uh, is it Nawaba? David Nawaba? Yeah. David Nawaba is now starting for the Chicago Bulls. Um, he's right around the fifteen percent owned uh, on Yahoo. I like him as a pickup. I think he's gonna be locked into the starting lineup. He had a big game last night. So if you can trade pennies for him, do that. If you can pick him up, you know, he's worth looking there. And then Andrew Harrison, um, he's ha- he he's not very appealing. Uh, but he's probably going to give you 14 and f- 14 points and four assists with some three-pointers for the rest of the season. So he, he's a sneaky play if you need some help in the assist department. All right. Do you think Bulls management has told Robin Lopez, we want you to focus more on your mascot arguments and play much less? Yes. <laughs> focus on focus. Direct that anger towards the mascots. If they didn't say it explicitly, he definitely read between the lines, and that's probably <laughs> what he heard from them. Um, yeah. Sideshow that, Robin. Focus on the mascots. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ken. Take a breather and rest up for your old man rant while I tell our <sighs> listeners about a special offer for RotoWire. Uh, podcast listeners, courtesy of DraftKings. We're offering a free six-month RotoWire subscription subscription to new DraftKings users. Here's how to take advantage of the offer. First, you create a DraftKings account and make your first deposit of at least $10. Then you get a six-month RotoWire membership free. It's as simple as that. You receive a free $3 ticket for a one-day fantasy sports contest deposited into your account. And then you play for a shot at winning big cash prizes. All you have to do is visit DraftKings.com forward slash RotoWire dash 2018 to sign up and claim your free subscription today. One more time, visit DraftKings.com forward slash RotoWire dash 2018 to sign up and claim your free subscription today. K-Train, give us that old man rant. (sighs) Men, yes. My rant today is against men. Why is it that all horrible mass shooters are men? We are a-holes. This isn't just a right-left political debate. This is a man problem. We got to look in the mirror and admit it. And in the hoops world, what the hell is wrong with you, Dallas Mavericks? Really? You let a sexual predator be your CEO for 18 years? 18 years? That's a crazy run. That's completely inexcusable. No words can fix this, Mark Cuban. I can't help wondering if this world would be a better place if women were in charge. I'll admit it. I far too often whine about the women in my life. This has to end. We are the problem, men. It's time to truly man up and not just defend women, but aggressively pursue and prosecute bad men. Do it for your mom, your wife your sisters, your daughters. Well said, Ken. Very well said. 
Guys, let's finish this podcast out with some DraftKings picks. We have a massive, massive slate that we've been dying for. Shannon has literally gone into a sad state of mind because he has had no DFS over the last week, but he's going to get brought back to life with this massive, massive slate. Before we dive into specific options, as we have already, um, quickly, Shannon, give me the breakdown between a massive slate strategy for you versus a smaller, smaller straight. Do you try to go more tried and true players? Do you try to find those nuggets? Because at the end of the night, especially in your big tournaments, when it's a big slate like this, it always ends up being some random player that's worth $4,000 goes off for 40 fantasy points. Are you trying to find that one player or are you just leaving that to you know the wasted lineups um, for everybody that's trying to find that one player in a span of like literally five, 600 players on the slate tonight? Yeah, regardless, irregardless of the slate size and what we're looking at, I mean, if we're looking at a two or three team slate compared to a 12 uh, game slate, it just, it just, it can vary. Um, for, for the short, the smaller slates, Sometimes I go a stars and scrubs approach, or I try to identify which player is going to be uh, minimally owned. You know, I don't want a bunch of guys who are 25% owned in my roster. I want to find one of those guys who's under 5% owned, and I'll, and I'll do stars and scrubs. Other times, it just based on the available players, uh, I'll do a balanced roster. Mm-hmm. You know, even tonight, I, I don't see myself going stars and scrubs tonight with a bigger slate. I'm doing more of a balanced roster with a couple of, of value options. Um, but it really, you just have to be flexible. I think that's, that's my best advice for constructing DFS lineups is regardless of what type of, of slate it is or format, like you can approach it from a dozen different ways every time. And, and depending on the games, the players that are available, uh, the matchups, uh, that will dictate how you're really get the strategy you're going to take. Yeah, I totally agree that the matchups need to dictate how, how the strategy you take. However, having a big slate like this allows you to deploy whatever type of strategy you want because the the player pool is so so big, you can literally deploy any strategy you want or maybe you're a little bit strapped in smaller states like it may not actually be possible to do stars and scrubs for instance or it may not even be possible to do a balanced attack. So, yeah. um, let's get into some specific players to help people out out there um, deploy whatever strategy they want uh, Ken let's kick it off with you because I just want you to reaffirm uh, your boy Sadoransky you're gonna give me one more opportunity yeah to pronounce Tom Sadoransky's <laughs> name thank you you're bad he's 50, still 50 just on it yeah so <laughs> he's still just 5700 on DraftKings and so I'm not crazy about Washington uh, playing a back-to-back but at that low price against uh, you know kind of middle of the road uh, Charlotte defense uh, I like Sadoransky a lot, so I've got him in my uh, DraftKings slate tonight. I'm with you, Ken. I've got him too. I mean, it's hard to argue with the production. Uh, he's basically averaging like 30, 37 fantasy points per game over the past four. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, under 6,000 still. It's, it's hard to find a better value at point guard. Most definitely. So let's move on here and and talk about the higher price guys. Of course, on a small slate, there's going to be lots of lower price guys. Harden, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Giannis, and Jokic are the only players, uh, five of them to be exact, that are at least 10K tonight. Now, given the plenty of options that we have on this slate, do you find it necessary tonight, Shannon, to use one of those guys, or is there enough value to be had underneath the 10k benchmark i'm going under it it, it depends on what site you're playing on 
for DraftKings, I'm going under the 10K benchmark. Me too. Um, yeah. I just there's a lot of guys in the five to five to six thousand dollar range I like, and a lot of guys right around the seven to eight thousand dollar range I, I like. So you put in four or five of each of those ranges, and you're maxed out on your cap. I also mm-hmm. don't think there's many you know thirty five to four forty five hundred players that are that are good. The cheapest player that I really am high on tonight is Royce O'Neal at forty seven hundred. Um, you know he's having he he had a big game against Portland. Uh, just before the all-star break, he's fake, facing them again tonight. Um, some of the other guys I like, I, for the seven to $8,000 range, I really like Tyreek Evans. He had a monster 60-point fantasy outing against Cleveland earlier this year. Uh, he played 30-plus minutes and had 40-plus fantasy points in his most recent game. I think he's safe to run back out there and is, is basically an $8,500 player who's on discount right now because of the time missed. Julius Randle has been on fire He's playing Dallas, played Dallas right before the All-Star break and had, had a big outing. Uh, and then a guy who I haven't really used that much this year, Hassan Whiteside, yeah. is down to 7,100 on DraftKings. Wow. And it's just the matchup against New Orleans that I like for him. He hasn't played him this year, but New Orleans is pretty weak against opposing centers. And you know Whiteside, Whiteside's value, always, he's basically good for 30 points every time. But it fluctuates based on how many minutes he plays. So, I mean, routinely plays under 30 minutes. He'll play 25 to 29 minutes most nights. But I think this is a matchup that will force him to play more minutes. And if he's getting 32, 33 minutes, you know, that'll give him the upside for a 40 or 50 fantasy point outing. Ken, you got a couple more guys here on your list that you sounds like you're going to be using tonight, maybe at center. Well, uh, I kind of like Dwight Howard against a tired Washington uh, team um, coming off that emotional win over the Cavs. And Howard's got 47 and a half fantasy points over his last 10 games. He's at 7,800. And then uh, one of my cheap uh, other really cheap plays is uh, maybe taking a gamble on Trevor Ariza because he's only at 4,900 after missing nine games. Uh, They're playing Minnesota at home. The guy that I'll mention specifically here is Austin Rivers going up against Phoenix. Anytime you say any player's name and then going up against Phoenix, it's always a good pick. Um, you know, I think Austin Rivers, he's come back from injury, um, but it hasn't he hasn't really performed admirably well in any one performance, but he's given you a nice floor of at least 27 fantasy points each time out. He's $5,700, which is the exact same as Sadoransky tonight. However, within the last 10 games that he's played, even though this is dating back to December, um, he has 49, 54 uh, fantasy point outing. So he's capable of that. And I think that people have been kind of lulled to sleep with his return from injury, but he's certainly capable of breaking out and being valued much more than that $57 that he's worth tonight. So will it happen tonight? I'm not so certain that it could. Um, will it happen at some point over his next five games? Yes, he's going to have a 48, 50 point fantasy outing as you give me a stink eye here, Shannon. Oh, I, I will. I will bet money that Austin Rivers will not have a 48 to 50 point fantasy outing in the next three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah. Done. All right. Lunch? We'll figure it out off air. Whoa. Okay. okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, then who do you sandwich. Like? Why don't you give us one last name here, Shannon, to chew on before we take off on this Friday? Yeah, another Rajon Rondo. Uh, he, he's been put back into the starting lineup for the Pelicans. He had a couple of big games. He had a 60-point outing against Brooklyn before the All-Star break. 
but but his price is still somewhat deflated, fifty eight hundred, and that's because of an eight minute outing where him and Isaiah Thomas both got ejected in yeah. the first quarter. I mean, he had sixteen fantasy points in the first quarter before getting ejected that game. He was on his way to a big night, so I think that's actually deflated his cost some. And I would I would value at him at like a mid six thousand dollar player, and he's at fifty eight hundred for tonight. So I like that matchup. All right, good stuff here from the three amigos. Last topic of the day before Ken gets us out here. It's K-Train's mispronounced name. Everybody's favorite topic. We know you've been waiting all pod for it. (laughs) You had a Sadaraski instead of Sadaraski. You know what's that? I think I set a record, too. That was the first news item. Like, we (laughs) we weren't even two minutes in. And, you know, I've been following that guy for a year and a half. I'm staring at the spelling of his name on our notes, and I still butchered it the second time I said it. Yeah, terrible. Well, Terrible. I mean, that breakdown is essentially why we have this. I mean, I know you're looking at the name, but uh, it, just, it just comes out differently. Uh, what's funny is that you said it right like three, four, five times maybe throughout the pod, but there's, you always yeah, see in that one. Funny one. Yeah. Uh, a classic <laughs> one here, Hazanga instead of Hazonia. You've done that many times before. My oh, favorite yeah. mispronounced. I really should avoid. I got to avoid Eastern Europe. I just yeah. have no business. <laughs> My favorite mispronounced Hazonia uh, from you, Ken, was that one time you said, you said Hazanka. <laughs> i was thinking larry zonka know, you know they're both yeah. playing in florida you know yeah yeah, all right, yeah exactly all right ken why don't you get us oh actually thanks for joining us on this rotowire fantasy basketball podcast presented by DraftKings. can't think that thank them enough uh ken why don't you get us out of here uh i'm gonna go to a shannon favorite stan van gundy i'll confess i'm not exactly sure what this is about i think this was uh, in response to teams resting stars when they were the national ESPN game. And Stan Van Gundy said, what I find fascinating, you have to give David Stern and the NBA a lot of credit. ESPN pays the league, and then the league tells them what to do. It's more ESPN's problem. you got to have no balls whatsoever to pay someone hundreds of millions of dollars and let them run your business. Attention, passengers! This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. (laughs) Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.